river kingdoms are an ever-warring group of city-states, kingdoms, and fiefdoms, where lives are threatened every day by conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Mavoy sits the Stolen Lands, stolen from me and my kind, and degenerated into savage conflict. I have been called by many names, Titania, Nerissa, the Queen of Forgotten Time. Herein lies the end of Stagthorn's tale, where Caelan Peacebringer has finally taken control of the wilderness, monsters, romantic entanglements, the affairs of ancient gods, and war. I will lift the heavy burden from his head and bring Stagthorn peace forever. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. Episode 150. When last we left you, the misbegotten troll was coming out to claim Kaelin as his bride. Yep. And that's not something I thought would come up a lot, but here we all are. Yeah, yep. Kaelin and Tristram are disguised as, um, a lucinary disguised as hot woman that the troll, the troll has taken off his armor and put on his suit and come out to, um, seduce us as only a troll can. I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> yeah, he's got a freaky tongue and everything. I can see why this guy can't even get other trolls. Well, also, he's he's a weird mutant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a weird mutant with one, one arm's a weapon, and he's got something messed up with his tongue. So he is coming out of the house, coming towards you, and he says, "You, lovelies, come here, lovely wives." I have I have special pretty lights for you. Cute things to that woman like. And presuming that you do not rush over and leap into his arms at the offer, he will shamble out towards you. At which point it's up to you when you want to um engage him. Yep. So um, I can't remember how far your Nicholas O fireballs goes. It's a it's a good long range. So this is the configuration that we're in when I launch my surprise attack. Yep, Lord Charming there is on seventeen. All right. So Kaelin and Tristram get a surprise round, and then it's Kaelin again, and then it's the troll. Correct. So he is just rambling out towards you. Uh, he has on. A suit that looks like it has been made by somebody who is a decent tailor. Um, you're guessing not him with his big clumsy ham hands. Um, he has a lovely sort of silvery... Uh, Caleb would probably recognise Mithril when he sees it. He's got like a, a thick silver Mithril necklace around his neck. Um, and he has his his horribly spiked ransur, which is dangling out of his arm, which is made of a sort of putty-like substance. Uh, as he staggers towards you, uh, things that would be immediately recognisable to Kaelin is you don't think you'll be able to disarm him. You're yep. not sure if the Ransur is actually built into his body or if it comes out or not, but it's clearly one of the strange powers he has as this first world monstrosity. Yeah. Um, and 
that is what is obvious to Caitlin. Cool. The rest you'll need to rely on Tristan doing a nature check. Alright, so, um, Caitlin, um, the, you know, girl still sort of clutches her ankle, yep. stands up slightly awkwardly, and then her feet calm down in a firmer and much more combaty stance. And she smiles a smile which isn't particularly terrifying because she's just a girl, not a fangy half-orc, but somehow the intent is in the eyes. Hey, ugly. This is for all them girls' heads you got on the stakes. They're watching us right now. They're gonna like this. And then Caitlin hits a 76 bead of fireball at the misbegotten troll. Who can make me a reflex save. Troll, not remarkably quick. Troll catch fire. Cool. Let's find out how vulnerable to fire he is. points of fire damage. Cool. So, he... You would not expect him to be vulnerable to fire. You would expect it to repress his regeneration. I'll take that. And indeed, the fire bursts across him. He sort of blinks at this a couple of times. It burns him, but he doesn't look terribly hurt. He's not resistant to it. He's just got a... He's just a bag of hit points. Yep. Um, He looks confused at this. And then makes a will save. Yep. <laughs> uh, new burning wife has magic balls. <laughs> you will put those away, or I will rip your head off and add you to the pile of disobedient wives. And he shakes one huge sausage-like finger at you. Don't be naughty. They're always naughty and disobedient. But you'll learn. I am a good husband. I give you a day to learn. Kaelin huh. winces. This is not a happy mental picture. Um, then um, Tristram on Magic Horse over here Yep. Um, has a surprise round action. Kaelin's was throwing the bead. Uh, notably, you see the fire splash across the troll, burn him, and he sort of uh, 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 slaps out the flames, and his skin starts healing. He right. is regenerating, despite the fact that you hit him with a fireball. Okay, so fire is not the answer. Well, it, it doesn't. It certainly doesn't seem ineffective. Yeah, he yeah. just hasn't suppressed his regeneration. Yeah, I'll try acid next. Um, Tristan. Looks at him, and seeing that he hasn't perceived through the illusion, the misbegotten troll seemed pretty unworried by this. Yeah, like you're obviously not the first girl to stab him or thump something yeah, yeah, in yeah. that neighbourhood. Well, if, it, if if I haven't pierced its regeneration, then it's you know three rounds and he'll be fine again. Uh, is there a um, magical horse base around for Tristan? Um, I can certainly. Potentially get one from the cupboard. He wants to be on his horsey so he can kite the troll. Yep. 
Caelan's horse is back here in case he wants it. Here's Tristram's horse. Alright. He's gonna bet some money on the troll not speaking dwarven. <laughs> yep, that seems safe. Well, not entirely, yeah, actually. True. Uh, it's, it's very probable that it speaks Sylvan, yeah. because of where it is. It's possible it speaks Elven, yeah. and some trolls would speak Dwarven, because yeah. they're so involved with the Dwarves, and this one, not so much. Um, certainly, he looks up at the funny words and just kind of shrugs. They have no meaning to them. And Tristan calls out, Oh, Sarah Lynn! Oh, Sarah Lynn! Mm-hmm. It looks like this troll is. It looks like this troll is fused with the energies of the first world. He's drawn on it in the same. He's drawn on it in the same way as some of the other creatures we've run into. The fire burnt him, but it doesn't seem to be suppressing his regeneration. I would guess we're going to need cold iron. Cold iron and fire or acid both. Caelan will respond in dwarven. Well, I have both, but not in the same weapon. So, his um, his regeneration is only suppressed in any round where he has dealt damage with cold iron and fire or acid. Right. You know... Which is not a monstrous problem for you in combat, because his regeneration is not that great. Yeah. It, to kill him, you will need both, but that's feeling easily applied. Yeah, yeah, that once does. Once you know what you're doing. Yeah. Um... Oh, wait. Um, Matchless Sentinel is a cold iron acid weapon. Yes, they're all cold iron. Yes. Mm-hmm. On the second levels, they all count as cold iron. Yes, and it's, um, but Matchless Sentinel also deals it damage. And, you know, he's about this. I can, and then responds in Dwarven, I can do that. I would say also to what, I would say also to watch out for that tongue. I don't think it's quite, no, I don't think it's quite normal. Poisonous, maybe. Oh, and watch out for his arm. It's probably longer than you'd think. Yeah. As Tristan makes his knowledge nature check and assesses all the thing. So the troll has a Mr. Fantastic stretchy arm. Yeah. He has extended reach as well as a few other little tricks in there. Yeah. And he has a poisonous tongue. Cool. Um, really not having any trouble seeing why he has to, um, why he's having trouble getting the ladies voluntarily. foot-long tongue that's forked. He doesn't have to poison people with it. Yeah. He just likes to do it. Yep. Um. Tristan at this point... I think he doesn't want to do anything that's going to compromise Operation um, op- Operation Murder Woman. Yeah. Uh, what he will do is kite closer to you. Um, upon he raises his arms in the saddle and says, "Ah, leave us alone, you horrible beast!" On wink, even and cast haste. Yep. On you was included. Sweet. So have another attack on your full attack is the main one. Then we come 
realms to you again. The troll is patting himself out and continues to wander towards you. Yep, so I have a full attack. Yep. Um, and at this time I intend to use it. Yep. So, um, Kaelin, um... Actually... Although, if I... I won't get to full attack anyway because I only get to move in and make one attack. Correct. But yeah. I, you could always delay. Yeah, I'd rather have him come to me. Yep. So Kalen will um uh appears frozen. Yeah. If you want a full attack, you need to delay rather than ready. Yeah. So you just wait for him. Yeah. And seeing nothing terribly amiss with this, he. Ugh. Yeah, Kaelin appears very daunted that his fireball didn't immediately slay the horrid monster. Um, pats out a bit more of his fire, and then sort of walks towards you. Don't worry, little new wife. You will learn. Defiance is pointless. Walks forward towards you, and... As he does so, he just reaches out with his big arm, goes to grab you and pick you up and tuck you under his arm like a football. For starters, assuming that he manages to actually do this, you simply slip out again, so you're going to bother making the grapple checks. Yeah. Um, secondly, he exhibits no particular care in doing this, just rolls right up to you, reaches out to grab you by the hair and pick you up. Yeah. And as he does so, you stab him. Yes. Because he provokes with an attack of opportunity first. Yeah. And then his turn ends, and then you go. Yeah, this was a great plan. Tristram's illusions are fantastic, alright? So, uh, Kaelin counterattacks with a sword that he does not see coming, because it was under the illusion. However, it's a terrible roll. Alright, uh. So that's a twenty-eight. Uh, yep. Sweet. You you hit him. He has no armor on. He's a nice big target. All right. He's got some nice plus three troll size full plate inside. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's great. I bet he but wishes. But he's, he's both lost eleven points of AC. Yeah, I bet he wish he was wearing it. Alrighty. Uh, so that is um. 16... Do I need to count the acid separately? No. Cool. Um, so, hang on. Just... You need to tell the GM that you're using acid and coal iron. Yeah. It's also as as regeneration. 20 points of damage. It is a cold iron weapon and it is dripping with acid. Okay, so from his point of view, he reaches out to this pretty redhead, grabs her by the hair and tries to stuff her under his arm... While he's doing that, she whips out with her handbag and smacks him. Yeah. Because your weapons yeah, are covered. Like, they have to be something. Yeah. They have to be an object that exists within the illusion. Yeah. You slap him with your handbag, and he goes, Ugh, as your handbag kind of hurts. Yeah. And then makes another will save. Yeah. Ow! Bad life. <laughs> cool. Alright. Wanna know what my will save is? Yeah, I'm guessing... It ain't Mary. Yeah, I'm guessing it's not... Also seeming is a fifth level spell, so... Yeah, yeah, it's a high DC. Alright, and then, um... Kaelin frantically pummels him with the handbag. Yep. And makes four four attacks. And then he gets to make another will save to see if he works out what's going on now. Okay, so... First attack. Um... 
Given it's an easy target, I'm going to power attack for two points. Yep. Okay, um, and that's, um... You no longer fail on ones and twos. Which is marvellous. Alright, and, um, that's a, um, flat 24 to hit because of the power attack. Uh, yeah, no problem. Cool. <coughs> okay, uh, uh, 26 points of damage. Yep. Again, cold iron and, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it doesn't matter past yep. this point if you hit him once in the round with that. Yep, and um, haste um, uh, gives me another attack at the full bonus, which yep. definitely hits. Um, and that's... Um, Twenty-one points of damage from that one. Yep. And then the smaller attacks is um, twenty. Yep. Still hits. Uh, yes. Cool. Uh, and that's um, uh, twenty damage on that one. Yep. And uh, hit on the last one as well. Twenty-four on that one. Cool. Uh, so, a misbegotten troll walks up to you and, looking slightly annoyed, you you smack him with the handbag. Yeah. He looks down and looks kind of annoyed. Uh, wife, you will learn your place, and reaches out for you with his big clawed hand. And then Kalen just leaps up and slices wildly into him repeatedly, yep. waffling him, and blood starts to emerge and fall from him. Uh, he is actually not quite bloody, but he is certainly well on his way there. Excellent. Uh, you waffle into him several times. Yep. The- and he gets a will save. Ugh. That's no bag. That's a sword. And you're an ugly wife. (laughs) I hate your wife. Then I rip your head off and eat you, he says and cracks his knuckles. (laughs) You're welcome to try. (laughs) Even if he thought you were a wife, at this point when you're a wife who can deal with 100 points of damage, he's going to kill you anyway. But now he's got a much better idea that he he can now see as he looks at this through the illusion and to the armor and sword underneath. Yeah. But in all fairness, I stabbed him with that handbag four times in the chest. He's legitimately allowed to work out it's a sword at this point. Well done, Misbegotten Troll. You needed, um, you needed your 16 on the dice that you rolled there. Yeah. Alright, and then it's Team Tristram. Alright. And Tristram raises his bow and calls out the misbegotten troll um, in Teldane, which he clearly understands. You've raped, killed, and probably eaten dozens of women. You're a monster. 
I have no compunctions about putting something like you down at all. Reaches behind his back. Um, pulls out an arrow and knocks it. And the most begotten troll sort of glares across at him. And says, uh, You're not wife either. Stupid, stupid adventurers come to take wives back. They get eaten as well, but not good enough for lanterns. Not pretty like wives. Put away, little bow. And as Tristan knocks his bow, the misbegotten troll throws an arm out, his arm with the rancer, and it goes <laughs> and grows and wallops Tristan across the face with an attack of opportunity. Wow, because Tristan is inside his melee range. He doesn't think he is. Yeah. But the misbegotten troll has a much longer reach than he would think. Yes. Also, he wants to full attack. Yeah. So, the misbegotten troll slashes out with the rancer and smashes Tristan across the face with it fairly easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dealing him 25 points of damage plus 9 is 31 points of damage. Yep. Do you want to strap a paper to trip? I've got one here for the cool. girl. And Tristan staggers back as this ransur just cuts across him viciously. And the most forgotten troll sort of <clears throat> flinches slightly as cracks begin to run up his own arm as he does this. It's damaging him back again. Oh, right, like the rans- like the Ransur effect hurts him as well? Yes. Right. You've seen this quality before. It's vicious. Ah, yes. It deals extra damage at the cost of hurting the troll every yep. turn, which is not a big deal if you regenerate. Yeah. Um, so he snaps out with an attack of opportunity. Ow! Oh! Tristan staggers. Right then. And <laughs> Fan hammers a very large number of arrows? Yes, indeed he does. Uh, so, he is getting his point blank shot on this. Uh, he likes his odds of hitting the giant troll, so he's going to rapid shot him. Yeah, I can't fault him on that one. The um, I feel pretty good about the two points of power attack. And... It would appear you have answered your question and the troll does not have combat expertise. Cool. Because Tristan provokes from it multiple, multiple times and different, with multiple different shots. Cool, good to know. Okay. Okay. One, two. Uh, two hits and a confirmed crit. <laughs> then the other two. Uh, Need to adjust Tristan's character sheet to make that number more legible. Hit. And hit. Did he hit with all five attacks? Yes, yes he did. <laughs> and one of them was a crit was one of them a crit? Yes, yes it was. Excellent. So, 34 with the crit. Oh, well done. Is, uh, 
And then four more freezing arrows fly across the distance. Yep. Now nearly enchanted with his um, now plus three magical short bow. Yep. It's only because it's frost, I have to separate yep. the frost damage and the crit. So. Uh, plus another 33 points of damage. Yep. Is he bloodied now? Oh, oh god, yes. Yep. He is in fact staggering horribly. Yep. Uh, he does not look like he's about to imminently collapse. Yep. Although, um, given the amount of damage you can output. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imminent is relative. Yep. And, um, Jalen will now grin family at him. Important last lesson, boy. If it seems too good to be true, it probably is. <laughs> And the troll glares down at you. You sound like... You sound like the blonde wife that took my other wives away from me. I will find her and take her when when the next kingdom is mine. But for now I chop you into pieces... And he reaches for, rip your arms off and feed them to next wife. Reaches out. And now it's the full attack time. And the full attacks you. So the first thing he does is he swings at you with the rancer. It's a pretty casual shot and it flies way past your shoulder, his arms stretching. And then it seems to back snap as he basically flicks it around his arm, pulls it back and endeavors to run you through with the back of it. Yeah. Well, he is doing, after he has done that, his hand grows out of the back of his Play-Doh arm and then hooks at you, the other claw hooks at you, then he bites you. Cool, so four, atta- four attacks. Rancer, arm, arm, Rancer, arm. claw, claw, bite. bite. Yep. Uh, so, and the Rancer hooks you coming and going, theoretically. Yep. Uh, what's your AC? 34 now. Okay, so on a 37, the first one will hit. Well done. The second one won't. Uh, the bite will hit. A claw will not. And the other claw will not. So, so ind- bite and one rancer. So he endeavours to hook the claws into you and rend you, yeah. just rip you, rip you apart with them. Yeah. Doesn't get enough purchase with either of them. Does hook you on the backswing with the rancer, which yeah. you're not expecting it. Yeah, yeah. Kaelin sees it go past and is not and very, is very surprised when it hits him in the back of the head. Boomerang rancer. <laughs> does you... Twenty-nine points of damage. Yep. And troll takes a tiny bit more. Um, then the bite. As those big canines rip into you, oof, dealing you twenty damage. Yep. The bite. 
And as he does so, you feel something sharp and barbed in there lash out at your neck and hit you. And you need to make me a fortitude save versus poison. Yep. That's quite nasty. You can feel your body starting to stiffen up, and you're going to take a couple of grunting breaths and really push through it. You think it's a paralytic of some kind? Oh, nasty. Alright. Yep, and Carolyn takes a good solid hit of damage as well. Yep. It does not have a notable effect on you. Yep. And that is Team Troll. Yes. Alright, and now it's Team Kaelin. Yep. Kaelin continues with plan, um... Stab the troll. Stab the troll, um, the, with a haste bonus, um, full, full, and he power attacks for two points again. Yep. The, the extra attack at his full bonus is a pretty good deal. Tristram's doing great. Not to mention the 60 point, 60 something points of arrow damage. Alright, uh, that will quite certainly hit. So, um, So it's adding 17 to these, so... So 23 on the first hit. Hook. So 23 points of damage. 23 points of damage, yep. yep. I got a 17 on the dice yeah, by yeah, four. Yeah, seems like safe money. Yep. And again, that's another hit. Yep. Uh, and... Uh, Water's fault, spiky fault, but... Uh, 26. Yep, he's still in it. Cool. Uh, lower, lower bonus attacks. Uh, yeah, that's a 28, so that hits. Yep. Uh, and, um, uh, there's, there's the good damage roll. 32. Okay. And at that point, as he is reaching down towards you again, looming over you, you just kind of step back, reach up, and ram Gatekeeper through his heart. Yeah. And he sort of <laughs> laughs confidently as he collapses because, you know, he knows that he'll regenerate and get back up again in a moment. Then then he does not. Yeah. But confident to the end, yep. the misbegotten troll collapses. Clutching at his heart and muttering, "Eat you!" Up. And Kaelin will clean his weapon and sheath it. Well, nice work, Tristram. Not only was that some great shooting and the um, extra uh, being able to attack faster was very helpful, but uh, uh, a nice work on convincing him to come outside without his armor. Yes, trickery certainly appeared to make things easier. How are you doing there? Uh, it's not great. It's not too bad. We should check this. We should deal to our wounds and then check there's nothing else around. Sort of listens out, but there's no obvious hysterical shrieking woman or more trolls running out of the woods. So no, if we can get a if we can get a healing spell each, that'd be um grand. And then we'll go um see if there's um see if we can find the pixies and if he's got any girls at present. Tristan will heal you. Uh, 
18 hit points. Sure. Sounds great. And then heal himself exactly the same. Sweet. Kaelin looks, if not 100% better, considerably better. Um, and Tristan, just sort of thinking about his spell use, is sort of presuming your plan is to go through a couple of these things, but not necessarily to um, immediately go and rumble um, to tenure at the end of this? No. Um, like, the goal at this point is to, um, try and take out some, um, beasties, but, yeah. you know, not Titania on the same day. So he is burning spells appropriate to this. Yeah. Uh, do you want more healing? Uh, not right now. Um, before we move on to the next encounter, maybe, yeah. but I'll see what's in here for a start. So the misbegotten troll lies on the ground, sort of gurgles a bit, and yeah. grabs at his heart, waiting for it to heal up finally realizes this isn't happening and sort of stops breathing and dies. Takes yep. five, ten, ten more seconds to die from the wounds yep. you've dealt him. <coughs> the moment he stops breathing, you feel the ground give way violently under you, and it feels for a brief moment as if the entire world has just twisted violently sideways. You shake sort of actively collapse off your horse for a moment, um, hit the ground, roll up, yeah. more than hardy enough to handle this. Um, and the world then again appears peaceful and still. He says, well, that will be the connection to the fable, then. I'm not sure what they've seen outside, but it's it's loosened, obviously. Presumably we need more than one of those. I would think so. As much as we can find in here. So, Kaelin's going to look thoughtfully at the troll body and see if he can see anything that looks like an artifact of it? Yes, indeed. So, uh, here in the first world, um, the misbegotten troll does not appear to be melting or returning to any state or disappearing yeah. or anything like that. Most everything you've killed in the outs in the material plane has done that. Yeah. Here, obviously, he belongs here. So you're just left with this big stinking corpse. You go over and search him, and when you lay hands on the Ransur, it easily pulls out of his arm, which solidifies behind it and looks like a fairly strong, slightly mutated troll arm with its fingers sort of merged together putty style. But once you are holding the vicious rancer, it begins to shrink, and what you are left holding is a branch, a, tw- a twig, with a big, vaguely pointed leaf there that has serrated edges relative to a leaf. Mm-hmm. So they're spiky enough that you could touch them slightly and go, yes, that is vaguely sharp, but mm-hmm. could possibly hurt yourself on it. And Kaelin will collect said leaf. Twig and leaf. And that is that. Yes. So we are one artifact off being able to bring someone else in here with us. Yes, indeed. And Tristan at this point is going to use his Pearl of Power 5 when he's got a brief moment. Yep. And regain his fifth little spell slot that he spent on seeming. Yeah. Oh. So, Christmas. 
Well, like, at least that stuff. Aye. World's a bit safer. World's a bit of a safer place. We should check out his house, see if we can find the pixies. I, I guess. Do you think we have time to bury these heads? Absolutely, but let's check the house first. There may be more stuff that we want to take care of. Okay, and you head into the misbegotten troll's house. Um, when you go in, um, the actual outer parts of the house, the building itself, Caelan can fairly easily assess as sloppily done by someone who's okay at this. Like, the misbegotten troll's enough of a woodsman that he could live in the wild on his own. He probably built this house. Um, it's just sloppy work. The joins are uneven. Yeah. There's little gaps in the walls. Floorboards squeak underfoot, that sort of thing. It is all giant and troll-sized. Um, he has a particularly big king-sized human beard that is, is obviously being taken from somewhere. It's a proper human beard. Uh, everything in the house is quite nicely put together in terms of when you look around um, there are lots of sort of handmade clothes that are in troll size and woman size in various different sizes he has a huge wardrobe of woman's clothes all in the vaguely not particularly um, fat but that's about the only standard this one's for someone tall, this one's for someone short etc, etc. He's got lovely handmade curtains, darn socks, all this sort of thing. Mm. Um, long, in the larger sense, it looks like his house is well maintained by his various wives. In the immediate sense, it's pretty obvious he's between wives because the kitchen sink is full of a pile of filthy crockery that has spilled out and across the floor and halfway across the kitchen. Um, floors in places where the troll frequently goes are going black with big mud-stained footprints trekked through and that kind of thing. The wash house doesn't look like it's been used in a while. It's just got a huge pile of dirty clothes piled up in there, that kind of thing. Um, there is a big room with a hefty lock on it, which will slow Kaelin up for all of ten minutes before he just hacks the fucking thing to pieces with yeah. the great sword, with the adamantine great sword. Yeah, um, and this, unfortunately, is the larder. Yeah. And in it, you find several chunks of human corpse left. Yeah. Um, clearly, he eats the woman yeah. when they displease him. Yeah. Um, so I, I won't dwell on this overly, but yeah. what you've got is effectively a bunch of bodies in there to yeah. bury as well. And the larder has a big sign on it that says, Keep out. This means wives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then in little writing under it, um, in a smaller, more feminine font, if I'm not here, then I looked. Don't. <laughs> From somebody who's left a message before trying to see what's in the larder. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. it's, it's not obviously a larder, it's yeah. just the secret bluebeard locked room. Yeah. Um, uh, in his main room, in his bedroom, you will find a huge set of spiky, nasty-looking full plate. Yeah. Um, which looks very impressive. Caleb would guess it's at least like 11 or 12 on his armor class. Uh, yeah. Um, and the other thing you will find in here is... Tickly, tickly, tickly. 
Not that Kalen doesn't love being hit with a huge ransom multiple times, but he's really glad we fought this guy while he was in his woman wooing mode. Um, there is a table with a bunch of five tiny of yeah, a bunch of five tiny little of these little glass cages. The little glass lantern pieces, like you found outside, you recognise as you look at them, and Tristan will indeed touch one and go, mm. that they are woven with cold iron. Cold yep. iron glass is what makes them up. Each of these five has a living pixie inside that is frantically sort of waving its arm and beating on the glass. Um, they have hooks on the top that look like, as you go as you go over them, this begotten troll, he is also wearing... A necklace made of this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, when you take the necklace off, that's made of mithril rather than cold iron, because obviously he didn't want the cold iron on his skin. Yeah. And it's got a string of little hooks on it. Imagine effectively a giant charm bracelet, and that's yeah. what you're looking at here that he's wearing around his neck. Yeah. So you can hook each pixie cage on it and wear it around his neck. And this thing actually has a page under it which has a string of in a moderately educated light hand, and clearly not remotely written by the Misbegotten Troll, there are instructions for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I can give you, if you so care. Uh, sure, I'll read those to begin with. So, uh, as you do so, uh, Tristan may make me a linguistics check. No, he cannot draw any useful conclusions from the writing other than it wasn't written by a troll. So I um I look at it. Is it Goody Niska's handwriting? Not recognisably. Cool. Uh, you know that said, uh, you can make me an intelligence check. Uh, Twenty-eight. Uh, you you actually succeed where Tristan fails. Damned if it doesn't remind you of Goody Niska's handwriting. It isn't quite the same. The hand looks a little bit heavier, but sort of the curves and shapes of the letters are the same, but it's as if it's been written by a slightly different hand, or possibly in a state of, of strange emotions, or something like that. Um, it's it's very Niska-like. Yeah. And particularly the content, which identifies this as a necklace of lovelies. Yeah. Um, Indeed, it'd been a magical doodad when Kalen picks it up. It shrinks in his hand. Yeah. To be Kalen sized. Uh, and it tells you that as long as the pixies are in the cage, then anybody who is wearing this um, may redirect hit point damage from them onto the pixies from any single attack. Uh, which does the pixies whatever hit point damage he just took, which generally results in one dead pixie. Um, so, but he wasn't wearing this thing when he went out, he hadn't put the pixies in it when he went outside because he was expecting girlfriends? That's right. Oh, that's, I'm so glad. And it's his pretty present that to, um, because, uh, Lynn Ticklewing said that he was taking the pixies she presumes to give to his wives. Yeah. Um, and he indeed said he had pretty cute lights in yeah. there to give them. Um, so he was not wearing it because, um, he was keeping it as his thing to present you once you were properly his wives. Yeah. As opposed to wearing it as a combat item, which is his second option. Yeah. 
uh, had you had you rocked up and rolled around in his yard shouting, I'm Caelan and I'm here to kill you, yeah. he'd have come out and full plate with his necklace of lovelies on, which would yeah. have made things more complicated the moment you realised when you stabbed him that a pixie exploded. Yeah, yeah, that would be awful, huh? Uh, so you have... Tristram's, um... Tristram's, um... Disguise plan has literally... Tristram's and my disguise plan has literally saved tiny pixies. So you have five pixies here. Yeah. Um, there was one empty cage outside, and presumably the sixth pixie has met a grisly fate along before you showed up. Oh, that's a shame, but um, there's not a lot I can do about no, that. No, but there are six cages and one unaccounted for pixie. Yeah. Um, and it looks like from the shape of the necklace with six hooks on it, there's only ever been six cages. So it's a pixie has gotten killed by whatever misbegotten adventure. Yeah, but it doesn't look like there's any downside to opening the little doors and letting the pixies out. No, no, indeed. The instructions say very clearly on them, um, do not open the doors. Do not open the doors. The pixies will leave. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's possible... That, that somebody, presumably a woman rather than a troll, because these instructions are very clear and very yeah. simple, has deliberately opened a cage and let a pixie out, but if so, she never got through more than one. Yeah. Well, I can find out which it is by asking the pixie, by possibly asking the pixie. And they're effectively like bird cages, they've just got a little yeah. hook over the top of the pixie's yeah, yeah, tr- tr- outside. It would be painful for Tristram to do because it's made of cold iron. Uh, it also explains that these cages have been made, um, with blessings upon them to um, prevent the pixies from using any of their magical powers while within them. Yep. So, Caelan will look, thoughtfully, fish off just one. The pixies beat on the glass, and there's tiny, tiny, incredibly muffled squeaking noises from within. Yeah. You can barely hear them inside the, inside the necklace. So, Caelan will cautiously flick one little hook. Yep. It unhooks. The pixie looks at you for a brief moment with big worried eyes, and then shoulder tackles the door uh, yeah. and goes pop outside and <laughs> flies around the room frantically. Yep, Kaelin, having seen that it came out right, will click, click pop another one, and then another one, and then another one, yep. and then another one. Yep. The first pixie just sprints off without yep. even engaging you in any fashion. Yeah. It is gone. Yeah. Um, the second one, however, sees that you haven't yanked the first one out and eaten it. Yeah. Comes out of the cage, buzzes to the corner of the room and watches you. Yeah. And then the other four sort of join it. Yeah, the three sort of join it. Yeah, yeah the other three sort of join it. And they will basically fly out the window and try and float out of your arm's length. Yeah. Should you be a pixie-eating monster. Yeah. Because um, they haven't seen your impressive boating skills. Yeah. So they are not charmed by you. And... He let us out. Why did you let us out? Are you going to eat us? Are you going to kill us? Lim sent me to rescue you. He's this in silver. Lim sent her. Lim sent him. Lim sent him. Lim take a wing. Lim take a wing. Lim take a wing. Mysterious guy. Mysterious guy. Mysterious guy. My name's Kalen, but Lim thinks I'm called Big Sailor for some reason. Big Sailor. Big Sailor. Big Sailor. Do you, um, do you guys know what happened to the, do you little ones know what happened to the other pixie? Did something bad happen to the other pixie? Trollwife, Trollwife let the pixie out. Trollwife wanted to see what would happen 
Pixie went, Pixie flew off. Not far enough. Misbegotten troll has stretchy arms, big long arms. Didn't grab, cut. We didn't see troll life after that. Oh, I'm sorry, Dice. Uh, the misbegotten troll is dead. You can fly out to the yard and see. Big sailor, big sailor, big sailor. You lot can go home to Pixome if you uh, can head off to Pixome when you like. I just wanted to find out if there was anyone else that needed rescuing here. They try. No troll wives seen us, but we can't go anywhere. We just wait to get presented to the troll wife. Troll wife got given as a gift. We saw it out the window. <laughs> so basically, the misbegotten trolls given her one of these as a light. Yeah. And said light. Troll wives don't like the heads on sticks as lights. They want something pretty, so misbegotten troll gives them us. And basically, the troll's given her a light, and she's gone. Yeah, I'm. I'm not cool with this, like Pixie being yeah. trapped in a cave. So I'm going to open it because it's a fairly logical thing. Yeah. See what happens? Hey, sweet Pixie's flying off. And the misbegotten troll's gone. No. Yeah. <laughs> killed the Pixie, and then presumably killed, killed the, the woman. Yeah. Because she didn't appreciate his nice yeah, presence. Yes, because she was disobedient, and that's the only way to deal with them. Yeah. Just to kill them and eat them. Yeah. If you're a troll. This yeah. Is, this is how marriage works. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Well, it's like if you've got, you know, like, a, 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 you've got a $2 shop toy or whatever, and then it breaks, and then yeah. you buy another one. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So the pixies fly off at this point, spin around your head in a sparkle of pixie dust, and then just bolt into the trees yeah. and vanish completely from sight. Based on what you know, presumably they will just... Uh, uh, possibly re- immediately and possibly a couple of hours later, they will pop out of the waterfall. Yeah. Um, however, they swirl around your head, dropping sparkly dust on you, and you hear this... Um, you hear this little chant from them of, Big sailor! Big sailor! Big sailor! Pixie blessings, pixie blessings, pixie blessings, pixie blessings. And it's the damnedest thing, because as the next sort of 10 or 20 minutes go by, you're sure you can hear it from a bunch of places coming out of... It coming out, it always feels like there's a pixie just behind your ear. <laughs> but it's in a variety of different voices. It's not just the four you freed. Yeah. You will hear what you would guess to be all 30 that are in Pixie Hall. Yeah. Whispering in your ear, Pixie blessings, Pixie blessings, Pixie blessings, Pixie blessings. And you come away from this, there's no obvious effect, but you do, you do feel blessed and Tristan says, ah, Pixie blessings. Well, that's a good thing. It'll bring you luck. Um, and the way this manifests is it turns into a hero point. Oh, cool! That is your payment for this side quest. Cool! You you literally receive good luck from the pixies, which manifests as at some point something will go well for you, which manifests in the form of a hero point. Awesome! Ken will appreciate these pixie blessings. The only thing of any note of that is Tristan says to you, it won't last forever, but it will certainly last for long enough. If you don't spend that hero point within a couple of weeks... Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I think Kaelin's pretty good in that regard. Yeah, I would think so, too. All right, so at this point, having freed the pixies, yep. um, we're going to have a bit of a look through the house, yep. um, and then um, 
dig a big hole in the nicest bit in the backyard yep. and um, bear, and lay out the woman in it. Yep. Um, to the extent that we can. Um, and um, Kaelin's happy if Tristan wants to help dig the hole and Kaelin will do the corpse handling because um, this is not going to be a fun job. If you're okay with that, I really appreciate it. <laughs> I'll, I'll I know hole digging's ain't your best, but you can get it, it Rupert. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's fine. I can, I can dig a hole. <laughs> Rupert, dig a hole. Yeah, so I'll, dig, loan, dig, Rupert, dig, dig. I'll loan Rupert my shovel, and yep. um, Rupert can dig a hole. Your shovel floats off into the air, and his unseen servant digs a nice big hole. Yeah, so Kaelin's going to bring women out and lay them out as best he can, yep. and um, take their heads down off sticks and lay them out too. And he's going to check the house for anything that's particularly valuable. Yeah. Um, but if it's just stuff like the plate mail and things, he doesn't really want anything from this house. It, it is mostly just stuff. The troll looks like he has fairly nice, hefty full yeah. weight, um, which will size to fit you as you go. Yeah. Um, other than that, he's got jack and shit that you'd actually want. It's yeah. a wide variety of decent quality domestic goods, yeah. but nothing of any value to get. Like. Yeah, and I don't want that full plate. Yeah. So, um, and I don't want those clothes, and I don't want anything from this house. And, um, after we've, um, I've laid the woman out, I will, um, cover them over. And then, um, so I'm thinking we burn this place down? I think that sounds like a fine idea. <laughs> and we kindle Ritz and regular old fires yeah. in the corners, because there's no point wasting spells on magical fire. Yeah, fun. I mean, he's got, a, he's got an active stove in here, Sweet. so you just overload it. He's got, like, a yeah. giant troll-sized tinderbox and all this yeah. sort of thing. Um, I'm thinking you basically just grab the misbegotten troll's corpse, haul it into his house, yeah, and make a giant pyre out of yeah, it. Exactly, yeah. Soak it in all this cooking oil, yeah. op- open up everything flammable, and just walk around the house torching everything that's flammable, then walk out and let the whole yeah. bloody thing burn down. That's the idea. Um, Kaelin will, while we're watching the house burn, Kaelin will make a little um, headstone thing for the mass grave. Thick blue plumes of black smoke rise up. Um, but do not appear to rise over the tree line, cool. no matter how high they go. Although I'm thinking Titania definitely felt the misbegotten troll dying oh, quite yeah, certainly. She, no she must know that busy. something is happening, but yeah. there's no response to this. She yeah. doesn't appear. Well, the theory was if she could had the capacity to stop us, she'd have stopped us at the door. Correct. Because that we couldn't be doing this if she'd been able to stop us from going in. And as far as Tristan is concerned, the fable is not... Um, Incredibly malleable to her whims. She yeah. cannot just she cannot just say, "Okay, there are no more paths out of this clearing. You're yeah. stuck here forever." To alter it on that level would be a, a large. It's actually not beyond her to do, but it's a large fundamental effort. It's just not not just a matter of going. Yeah. Reality changes. So um, a couple of hours of later, uh, this is no longer a clearing with a giant house in it. It is a um relatively okay-looking garden with a um, nice grave in it and yep. a smouldering pile of wreckage. Yep. There. When this, um, when this lands in our kingdom, it'll be a bit less nasty of a place. Oh, yes. Tristan's phantom horses last forever at this level, so he doesn't have to worry about them vanishing in any hurry. Yeah. All right. Now I wouldn't say no to a little more healing and we can um, move on. Have another 13 points. I shall have 10. 
Now, Caitlin's um, pretty good. If you feel like you're getting um, too low on spells, we can always uh, stop for a rest. I'm fine. I should be quite fine for the moment. Cool. Good. Well, then, um, let's print. And um, I presume we don't feel tired, because there's no real way to judge the passage of time except by tiredness? Correct. Um, so your guess by your internal body clocks, which, given you're a woodsman, work okay, Yeah. Um, is that you've now been here for several hours. Um, you are starting to feel a little hungry, not tired at all. I imagine you had breakfast before you yeah. left, given you came in on dawn. Just a little hungry, like... Like it's sort of about morning tea time, just time for a snack. Yeah. But, you know, your body clock tells you that it should be at this point about three or four o'clock in the afternoon, based yeah. on how long you've been going, but it doesn't feel that way. It feels like it's only ten o'clock-ish. Yeah. So as Tristan has said, you'll need to eat and you'll need to sleep, but only sort of half as much. Yeah. And frankly, you know... Um, the two of you can easily hardcore a night without sleep, which means that that will be four days' worth of adventuring. Yeah. So for the moment, we probably drink a little water for our water skins and then um, look at um, the Zadigus picnic instructions about the next place. To to be honest, actually, it's probably even less than that because um, your bodies probably feel like it's 10 o'clock given that you go so much faster than those horses. You haven't actually... Where you could have chewed three or four hours to get to this point, you've chewed maybe half an hour. Yeah. Alright, and we take a look at Zadiga's picnic and see what its advice are on where we go next. Yes, indeed. This one says, this one says to turn on the path that you came in by and sail back up it. Okay. Even though it is a path on land. Yeah. Alright, so, there are probably difficult and com- difficult and easy ways to do this, but you still have Corwin's boat, right? And Kaelin will produce a small cube of wood. Yep. He gestures to the ground. You get a boat, you get in it. Time, you... time to hit the water? <laughs> you start rowing down the gravel road. Yeah. And the oars dip seamlessly into the gravel and start going. And the moment you step into the boat, the second you row... You are on a river heading out of the Misbegotten Trolls Cavern. Okay. I'm glad we have this book. At that point, you row down the river, rolling, rolling, rolling down the river. Uh, and I will return to you, your Zadig's picnic map. Thank you. So we have explored. Glorious Picks, we've explored the Blank Swan Lake, Glorious Picks Home, and this troll, Misbegotten yep. Troll there. Yep. Where do we wind up? So Caelan's done a bit of boating at this point, yeah. and you have this impossible sensation that you are rowing against the current, Yeah. even though the current shouldn't be starting from anywhere or going anywhere. Yeah. Um, this is not difficult for you and Tristan at all. It is a trivial action to the yeah. row and bother calling for any sort of rolls. Yeah. You pull against the current... The horses just load onto the boat. Yeah. have got a big boat here. Um, well, they can gallop up the river. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true, actually. They can indeed gallop <laughs> up the river. This 
brings you out to a lake where on the centre of the lake there is a large island. The island goes up a bit. It's essentially on a, um, is it a mesa? And a, a very raised island. Ah, uh, yeah. cliff-like. Um, and what is on top of it is a large house. Um, there is no obvious, there is no obvious method of entrance. It is isolated on its own little clifftop island in the middle of the lake, although it doesn't look terribly difficult to get up in there. Um, it is a very, very lovely, remarkably well-built house, almost palatial. Its edges look very sharp, dangerous, and knife-like, as if they have been built of blades or shards of mirrors and something in that neighborhood. As Kaylin looks at it, can you give me an engineering roll? Thirty-seven. Okay, you understand exactly what you are looking at here. Um, part of it, parts of the house look brand new, and of the very latest construction that has been done in Stagthorn. You can see a little crenellation sticking out of it that is a part of the Wizard's Tower that has just been built in Rosethorn. Kalen's vaguely seen the plans and hasn't actually been down to see the tower yet, but a small piece of it is here in this house. Other parts of it look old and collapsed and ruined. Parts of this are an architecture style so ancient you're sure you're looking at something thousands of years old. There's this bizarre hodgepodge of old and new pieces from all across different times in the River Kingdoms and different places. Fae style... Dwarven style, Brevoian style, human style. That one looks like a chunk of ancient Cyclopean Empire style. <laughs> you are pretty sure that you are looking at the mirror to the um, house to the Castle of Knives. This is its um, uh, for its fable equivalent. Yeah. And what it notably has is hundreds of windows looking out everywhere, none of which you can see through. They don't look blacked out, they look coloured over. You're guessing the insides are different from the outsides? From the insides you look out on something totally different. From the outsides you are just looking at effectively the back of a painting. And you are pretty confident that you were looking at the house at the edge of time. Ah. Uh, this is where Titania lives. Well, it's good to have found this. But... We may be a bit premature to go in. Well, there's no reason we need to at this time. Every place in Fable connects with another. We don't have to go in, we merely have to go around. Well, let's keep going and find another place. I want to be able, at the very minimum, I want to get two people in. And I'd like to take care of the Wriggling Man and the Gnarly Witch, because they strike at me as problems for a later time. Hard to argue with. The house remains quiet as you sort of creep your way around it, keeping a good, solid distance. It looks very castle-like. There are several places where you could mount guards and that sort of thing. But they simply aren't here. 
Yeah. Um, there is no overt evidence of any guards that Kaelin can see. Although that said, you are relying on you and Tristan's um, capacity to spot them, which is... Well, also, um, I've been told that they're ghosts. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, they literally may not exist on the plane until they manifest into being when you um, go inside the house. Yeah, you you are welcome to give me a spot or a search check to see if you can see any um, guards, traps, etc., etc., around the outside of the house, but it's entirely possible you won't see them even if they're there. Well, I don't see any harm in rolling it. Um, so I presume that spot, given I'm just passively looking, yeah. that's a 17, which I don't imagine gets me very far. Yeah, you are pretty confident there is nothing that you can see there, nothing obvious. Uh, anything, if there is anything watching you, it is incorporeal, invisible, or some combination thereof. Yeah. But there is certainly no reaction to you picking your way around the outside of the house. Nothing yeah. happens. Uh and then you follow the next instruction of turn sharp right yep. at the star beneath the water. Yeah. And when you look down at the water's edge, you can indeed see a star. It's not been reflected from the sky, yeah. but it's under the water. And you turn sharp right to where there is nothing in front of you except thick undergrowth and heavy trees. And are you just going to walk straight in and see what happens? Yep. Got you, it. you walk straight into it. Yep. Or rather, probably ride straight into it. Yeah. Because you've gotten out of your boat. Yeah. After a little journey of sort of 15 minutes on Speedy Horse, it takes you through to somewhere else. You step into the woods. The path forms itself in front of you as if it has always been there. It's just the briefest blink where you have a sensation you're walking into a tree and then suddenly you're on the beautiful path again. You look behind you, the house at the end of time has vanished. It is the ongoing pathway. Follow the yellow group. And this time you follow it down, um, and this leads you out into a clearing that looks very civilized indeed. Um, it has a nice little lake, effectively the size of a duck, big duck pond, mm. as opposed to a proper lake. Um, there is a single house here, human-sized, a beautifully made, meticulous cottage, with a little bit of smoke rising from the um, rising out from the chimney. It looks incredibly homely, and Kaylin would live here in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, And there is nothing obvious happening here. Um, what's your agenda? Uh, I think we want to go up and see what's going on. Sure, sure, no problem. Um, I wonder if we want to do so invisibly? Yep, you can do so. What do you think? Going invisibly or just walk up and see what's going on? We certainly have the power. It'll be two more of my spells to make us both invisible. But uh, that will last us uh, at least 15 minutes or so. It'll give us more than enough time to scope out the place properly. Well, let's um, let's do that and see what's going on then. It um, could be that Niski's living here, so best, best to be on our guard is my thought. Or I know you don't have an indefinite number of them spells, but we've made pretty good progress killing the troll. We can have a rest if um, 
When you start to run too low. Yeah, at this point he will dismount from the phantom steeds. Yeah. And basically just takes them to a corner of the clearing, puts them out of sight somewhere. Yeah. And doesn't bother tying them up or telling them to stay. Yeah. He just walks away and they stand there. Yeah. And then he says, Be concealed behind the veil of the Fae. And both of you still see each other perfectly. Yeah. He says, we're invisible now. Okay. Let's go and have a look, see who's in this cottage then. Okay. When you go in, uh, can you give me an engineering check again? Not so good on the roll this time. 26. Okay. So that is uh, still more than good enough because yeah. they're not terribly hard things. When you look at this house, it is built in modern Stagthorn style. In fact, it could have come right out of Stagthorn. Yeah. Um, like sort of, this would be something like a trapper's or a hunter's hut out in the wilderness. Yeah. But the best made one you have ever seen is as if the very best builder in Stagthorn has made this. And indeed, as you look at it, you're pretty sure it has been copied directly yeah. from a hut that has been made by the best builder in Stagthorn. That makes sense. So it's not necessarily that whoever lives here is an amazing hut builder so much as this is sort of being created out of the fable based on that? Correct. As, as if, um, and your guess would be, off the engineering check, that somebody in the fable has constructed it as an exact copy of something that they have seen in Stagthorn. Yeah. The very best, beautiful, little one, um, little house. It would be a very yeah. small family that lives here. One person, maybe a couple. Yeah. Maybe a couple uncomfortably with a child and not quite enough room. Yeah. But everything about it just seems so perfect. You imagine yeah. it's a one-person cottage. And your thinking is this is actually Nerissa's doing. Yeah. Because it wouldn't shock you at all if she could create stuff like yeah. this. And indeed, Kristen can think of several spells that could do exactly this. And you know she has seen these things yeah. from you. Um, it appears to be a fully functional house. You know, doorway, windows, um, smoking chimney, blah, blah, blah. You sort of creep your way around the outside. Um, have a look in the windows. All the curtains are beautifully made again. They have all been pulled shut. Um, there is a pleasant smell coming from inside the house, like baking of some kind. As you listen out, a sort of creaking noise. Here, 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 here. That sounds to Kaylin's engineering ear like a rocking chair. Yeah. Somebody is alive and functioning inside this house, but all the windows, are, all the curtains are pulled shut tight. There is, however, a nice front door, a nice back door. You're pretty confident in your capacity to sneak in, but it depends what sort of ears you're dealing with in there. Yeah. So we'll try and sneak in. Cool. Uh, give me a stealth check at a plus 20 bonus. Cool. A um, move silently, rather. Twenty-six. So you push the door open, to gesture quietly, Tristan. Go to the back, because yeah. that seems the sneaky one. Yeah, yeah. Push the door open quietly, and move in quietly. And from within, you hear the... ...of the rocking chair, and something else now that you're in slot inside. Just the slightest... ...that sounds like a kettle boiling. 
and there is no sign of a reaction to your presence. Whoever inside has not heard you. Yep. And you creep into the house, and depending on where you want to go, uh, you've got ample amounts of time to have a reasonable poke around the inside of the house, or go straight to where you can hear this person. I, I think we'll start with having a bit of a look-see, because I'd like to know, like, if this is some old lady I don't recognise, I really need to know if it's Niska or not yeah. before we sneak attack her, and, you know, if, like, there's papers, and if there's a desk with papers on it, or something like that. So... Um, as you so you searching the rest of the house yes yeah. basically as but, but quietly yeah. like not look opening yeah. drawers and things just looking at what's the, what's in a oh you you can do all that it's covered by your stealth check okay so yeah quite quietly toss in the house uh, you hear little clinking noises and things like that um, that sound like this person has basically gotten up from their chair is in the kitchen doing something like yeah. making a cup of tea there's a clink of china etc etc. What's slightly odd about this is there's clinks of cups and things like that, a gurgling noise of water being poured, and then... Google says, I heard gurgling noise of water being poured. Uh, Uh, A gurgling noise of water being poured. and then after about a minute or two, the kettle starts getting refilled and then boiled again. That is weird. That is, it is weird. It's not super creepy weird, but it's weird. Yeah. Um, when you poke around the house, what you find is a bunch of, in fact, I'll get a search check for this because you only have a certain amount of time in which to do it. Yeah. Nothing here is secret or hard to find. Tristan will uh, roll a 42 on this. Yeah, yeah, I, um, I did bring the search, Mikey. So he leans over and whispers to you, let's have a quick look around the place so we know what we're walking into. Aye. Now, if I was keeping secrets here, I'd keep them in here and here, and that sort of house like this could have a well-constructed pocket here and here. Oh, but there, there actually aren't as far as he can find, and he's pretty damn confident he'd find them on a 42. There are no secret pockets, no concealed places here. Everything is really obvious. Um, What you find is a bunch of women's clothing, again, nicely made. Um, You find a writing desk, and on it there is a particularly weird journal. You open it, it's indisputably written in the same hand as the person who made the neck, who wrote the instructions for the necklace of lovelies. Cool. That um, gives me an excellent answer to the question of am I killing the person who lives in this house? Um, and the sentences in it all make sense, but are woefully incomplete. They are not a journal that reads day one, got up, made tea, had yeah. um, ha- had steak for dinner, kind of thing. Yeah. Instead, it appears to be somebody trying to chronicle something and failing. It says, I, and then there is a blank space, and then him. This is his blank space. Why? And and then it flips to another page entirely, written in a slightly different ink on another day. Why can't I blank? I want blank. Kaylin must blank. The half-walk will blank. If only blank. 
Svetlana, that blank. One day, blank. It's weird and creepy, and there are hundreds and hundreds of these pages, and they come no closer to expressing an idea. Um, you can actually give me a sense motive check reading these, but it's not as necessarily an easy one. Um, I've got a call about it, but I'll make my sense motive check first. Uh, that's it. That's a 24. Um, this is somebody that cannot express what they are trying to express. And all the words and concepts you could fill in appear to be fairly hate-filled and horrible ones, just from context alone. So... Like somebody's trying to write, I hate him. Yeah, but, but they, and can't they can't write the... So it's almost as though, say, Titania bought Mr. Back and has put some kind of restrictions, either accidentally or on purpose, on her. So it's almost like she's limited in the same way that Titania is. She can't feel the hate that she knows that she feels inside. Yes. And Tristan will look over these now he's gotten a bigger sample and make an intelligence check, and this time ace it. And he looks over and he whispers to you, this is absolutely Goodyniska's handwriting. I've seen enough of her reports. Something's different about it. Her hand is strange, a little bit heavier. Ah, he says, rolling his third 20 in a row, this one on a spellcraft check, yeah. wasting them all. Yeah. Um, this is, it's as if she's been brought back to life, but in a different form. I would guess she's been reincarnated instead of resurrected. Literally, uh, her oh, spirit placed in a new body. Of course. And I would guess that she still... She doesn't have the capacity to hate the way she used to, and she doesn't know who she is without it. It's, reincarnation shouldn't alter her personality in any way, only her body. But if she's, it, it almost seems like she's under some kind of fey binding or something like that. If she's been geased or... Changed by Titania. Well, Titania wouldn't want her to charge out and attack us unless that was part of her plan. And Niska would absolutely do that. That makes a certain amount of sense. But the important thing is, we know it's Nisia. Yes. So, and we know that since she's been reincarnated, she's built a fairy trap, which is responsible for the, the death of at least one innocent pixie. Also, it's Niska. So let's go into that kitchen and kill her while she can't see us. Tristan, so not sure I'm entirely comfortable with that. I understand where you're coming from. Um, well, if it's any consolation, I'm confident that she'll survive the first round. Well, I'm confident that she'll survive the sneak attack. And when you quietly creep your way out into the kitchen... Um, the rocking of the chair has stopped again, and Niska, for that is of course who it is, is in the kitchen mucking around with the, with the kettle. And what you see with her back slightly to you, she turns slightly, picks something up, you get a clear view of her. She is still an older woman, um, except that now her ears are long and pointed, far more elven. Your guess is she'd been reincarnated as an elf. Um, but 
She still has vaguely greyish hair and looks like a different woman. Her face is vaguely similarly shaped, but it's in the eyes and in the body language that you see the same woman. Her face is sort of twisted and puckered up. Even though this is a body that is formed from nothing and should be only a couple of years old at most, it has heavy frown lines in it and that sort of thing. All her body language is kind of twisted up. And as you watch her, she gets the kettle full of boiling water, takes it, starts pouring it into the sink, and moves her arm towards it. And her arm begins shaking as she tries to force it under the stream of boiling water to burn herself and cannot do it. Cameron stares in sudden perplexity and doesn't, um... It doesn't immediately begin ginsuing her. And the kit, she tips the entire kettle into the sink. Sighs. Fills the kettle again. Turns around and puts it back on the fireplace to boil again. Uh, and you can give me another sense motive check here. She tried to kill herself? Twenty. Is she trying to kill herself? You are pretty sure that is exactly what is happening here. She is trying to hurt herself, or she is... Pouring boiling water on yourself is a pretty ineffective way of killing yourself. It's a damn good way of hurting yourself. Um, But all her body language is kind of vaguely defeated. Um, You would guess that she's certainly trying to hurt herself. She might be trying to kill herself. Um... There are vastly more effective methods. As you look around the kitchen, she's got knives mm. and various food preparation implements, and there are any number of ways to kill yourself with what's in your average medieval kitchen. You're guessing that, that she's probably tried those as well. So, Carolyn is going to point back to the hall. And she is basically, what you see of, of the few minutes you watch of this is she is experimenting methodically with the kettle. Yeah. I can't get this arm under it. What happens if I try this time? I can't tip it over my head. You know, what if I accidentally throw it up in the air and then try and jam my hands under it? Yeah. So, um, Kaelin is going to jerk his thumb back to the hall. Yeah. And when we're sculpted back out a little further away, says, all right, that's just weird. Maybe we should try talking her to her first. What? What was that? She looked like... You could hurt yourself pouring boiling water on yourself. She's trying to kill herself. I'm I'm sure. But she's been magically geezed not to, so she's going through all the different methods to see if there's a loophole. That's... that's awful. Aye, that's why I'm thinking we should talk to her. I... I... I, um, if I... if I sneak attack her, she'll automatically default to trying to kill me. And I'd quite like to know what's going on before I make with the violence, even if it is Niska. I think that's very wise. What say we, um, really, um, what say we step outside and try the coming in the front door thing? So you basically sneak out of her house again, go around the front door, de-invisible and knock on the front door? Yeah. Uh, There's a long pause from inside. Yeah. And the kettle stops boiling from in there, and you hear... Vague silence from within, and do not get the impression this is someone who gets a lot of visitors. Yeah, not, no yeah. big surprise. But she must have one or two, because she's yeah. clearly had dealings with the misbegotten troll and possibly yeah. others. And 
she calls out through the door, and this time you can still hear Niska's voice and Niska's intonations in there. It's weird because you're hearing it through a different woman's voice box. That's what you want. Who is it? It's Caelan Thorne. There is another long pause, and then the door opens. Yeah. If she wants someone to kill her, I'm totally available. And Niska, for that is who I will refer to her uh, as, yeah. um, opens the door and looks at you with sort of a lot of blank surprise on her face. Jesus. Kaylin. Tristan. You made your way to the fable after all. Ah. She turns her back to the door, stumps inside, and sits down in her rocking chair. Doesn't have even remote, the remotest illusion of social politeness. Okay, no, no, the, the, I, I've killed her. She's tried to kill me numerous times. I've actively killed her three times. I think we're a bit beyond that. Kill and stomps into the house. There are no chairs in here for you. Yes. It's absolutely a one-person house. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you don't care. No, no. Kaylin will lean against the wall. And... Niska sits oh, down folded. and rocks back and forth in her chair. So, come to gloat, have you? Not so much. Why not? You've won. Won very definitively. Cruel punishment makes me... Well... I wish it feels like something I could have wished I had dreamed up. I didn't when I gave your body to Titania it was on the understanding that you'd stay dead this time. I wished for you peace as far as you're capable of that. I didn't want you brought back. Whatever is going on here, this ain't any will of mine. You wished me peace, she says, and grabs her hand and goes to smash it up and down on the armchair and can only just sort of tap it vaguely rhythmically. It's it's the equivalent of bang, bang, bang. And what this reminds you of is actually it reminds you vaguely of some of your dealings with Titania, like yeah. when her emotions have been suppressed. Niska is furious here, but she actually can't get angry enough to smash the chair and hit yeah. you with a stick or whatever else it is that she wants to do here. You wished me peace. Well, I have peace. Yes, all the peace I could ever want in my beautiful little house with with food and water and every want I could ever have supplied. Nothing attacks here. Nothing molests me. There are no men. There is no danger. There is just beautiful, endless peace. Did she get Stagthorn? Did she bottle it? No. Uh, well, that's... <clears throat> that's what you want, no doubt. Not the bottle. Do you know what it is that she's doing? What it is that she wants? Uh, I think I have a pretty good idea. Have you come to un- you've come to understand now. You're always thick-witted. I, I am that. I apologize. That probably offended you. And Kaelin will wince and look slightly horrified. Yeah. And the same thing f- muted flickers across Niska's face as well. 
see. I can't even insult you. She talked about peace. I I knew it would. I knew she couldn't give it to me, make me happy with what she was doing without taking away who I am. But I hadn't expected that she'd done it to you. <laughs> what do you? No, listen, listen, please. Do you want to be out of this? I saw what you were trying to do with the kettle. Do you want me to try and make it stop for you? I want her to. And again, she just snaps off whatever she's going to say, and holds up a stop hand to you before you do anything. You need to understand this, so that you can. Again, she stops and doesn't literally bite her tongue, but sort of snaps mm-hmm. her mouth shut as she gets to something she can't quite express. Thinks about it for a moment. And No doubt if she's, if she's, she's tried to take Stagthorn, or you wouldn't be here. Which means you must want revenge on her. Which means you'll want to hear some of what I have to say. It might help you in some way. And I like helping you, Caleb Thorn. <laughs> Caleb winces all over. I want to tell you about Titania. So that you can... Show her what you think of the help that she's given me. <laughs> you see, she she had to test it. She and that powerful arcanist, the wriggling man, she says, was spitting out the words powerful arcanist. Like, yeah. It's very much the edited text. The wriggling yeah, yeah. man is a powerful arcanist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm familiar with the effect. This was once a bottle in itself, but there is no further need of that here, not for just me. She's taken Littleton too, I hear, but I wasn't well socialized enough to fit in there. The men would make me unhappy, disturb my peace, and no one's peace can be disturbed in the fable or in the bottles. You see, Niska, sorry, you see, Narissa, she brought me back to life. I heard her calling. I didn't think it was her voice. It sounded like someone I recognized. Gairona, but not quite like her. A long-distant broken echo of the hag goddess. Some piece of spite where all the anger and hatred has dried out of it. Like a withered old stick ready to snap, no longer vital and full of energy. But when I heard the call, I had thought I could get revenge upon you. I'm terribly sorry about those hateful thoughts. So I answered, and I returned... And Narissa explained, and then brought me to this new, peaceful life. I sit here 
in my glade. All the food I want is provided for me. Everything. Even the total lack of company. There is no one here for me to hate. No one here for me to wreak any revenge upon, spread any discord upon. And the part that is in my head every day is even when I think about you and every horror you wrought upon an old woman just trying to make her way through a man's world. I don't hate you for it. I want to forgive you for your crimes against me. I've tried to write it down in my my journals, my writing books. I've tried to draw it. You, with your eyes gouged out, begging for mercy. You've been stoned to death by your own villagers, but I can't draw such a hateful, distasteful thing. It would be wrong. It would disrupt the peace of this place. Kaelin is at this point visibly shuddering with almost every sentence. And when I walk into the path, I can't pass the trees. I can't call for Garona's power. It doesn't reach me here. She has abandoned me, despite all I did for her. That ungrateful... Garona isn't ungrateful. Doubtlessly there are circumstances I don't understand preventing her. I can't walk out the path. I just end up back here again. After a while, I tried looking to see if there was a way to end my beautiful ongoing peace. The knives in the kitchen. The rope I have to bind up the fallen wood for my fireplace logs. And yet I, I just can't bring myself to go through with such an unpleasant, distasteful act. And it's not for the reasons you'd think. It's not because I want to come back and claw your filthy, wretched eyes out, because that wouldn't be right. It would be bad of me to disrupt the peace of your life like that. You should have a contented life like everyone else, not one torn apart by whispers and hate and discord. So I can't hate you. And I want to hate you so much, but I can't. And I can't hurt myself. And this is what Nerissa intends for your kingdom too. You probably won't find it as hard as me. Which I'm very glad of because I wouldn't want to think of you suffering. Just waiting for it to stop. But I think you'll find that some of your more instinctive, mannish instincts, your violent impulses to jam your sword into something are curtailed when you're brought to peace. You won't even want to fight anymore. Just like I don't want to hate. You're not as strong as me, though. You'll probably just enjoy it. More's the pity. I apologise, that was a rude thought. But I've hated for long enough and been strong enough that I can still carry some little part of it inside me. And 
galls every part of me that the only thing I have left to do is beg you for mercy. And Tristan is just like going increasingly white at this. I don't want that. And neither do you. This is uncomfortable enough as it is for both of us. If you want me to do it, just give me the nod. <laughs> give give you the nod. Watch. And she takes her cup of tea and flicks it like she's going to throw it in your face. Um and then flings it past you, missing your head wildly. Like, Niska is not exactly yeah. the most amazing physical combatant, but there's no yeah. way she should miss you with a cup of tea yeah. from across the room like this. She flings it wildly past your head across the room where it shatters into pieces. Then the pieces slide back together. The cup reforms itself, flies back up, puts itself away in the cupboard, and the tea stain on the carpet dries. And... I can't even hit you in your big smug face anymore. Alright, and I feel like I've heard enough at this point. Yeah, she is physically incapable of engaging you in violence in any way. Okay, and um, Kaelin is going to endeavour to take her head clean off with one blow. Yep, and Niska sits in the chair and offers you no resistance of any kind. Cool. There is a thwack. This is extremely easy. Yep. Um, it is like killing, say, a... Um, Defenseless old woman. Yeah, who no longer has any clerical powers of any kind. Yeah. Because it certainly wouldn't surprise you or Tristan to learn Gairona's power doesn't reach into the fable at all. She can pray for spells till Christmas and not get them. Yeah. Um, It would be certainly an interesting question as to what would happen if you bought a cleric of Shaelin here and the same thing would happen. Yeah. Snick-a-snack. Snick-a-snack. Her head rolls off and across the floor and... She stops breathing, blood spurts out just like you'd expect, and her body collapses off the chair. She does not reform, come back to life in any way. There is just a corpse of an old woman sitting on the floor. Alright, um, Kaelin is going to, um, carry her body out into the garden, and then set it on fire. Yep, yep, it's fair. Because, um, that was not what he intended when he didn't do that the last time, and he regrets not doing that. And then he is going to watch it burn until it is ashes, and then he's going to break the ashes up with the sword. <laughs> I was looking forward to that one. So, um, what Nesker has is tried to tell you... Yeah. Um, and you may actually give me a sense motive check here. Uh... 23. Cool. There's like a lot of very repressed hatred that she yeah. can't quite express here. It's, it's like she's got this massive psychological block about it. Yeah. Um, it's still there on some level, but she just can't feel it enough yeah. to actually do anything with it. Um, you get the impression that she would absolutely lie to you if there was any gain in it whatsoever. Like, yeah. If she could somehow set up events so you killed Titania and died in the process, yeah. that would be great. Um, her, her main goal is still that you die ahead of Titania. She hates you more. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, she needs you yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously, Narissa is not going to kill her. The idea is anathema to her. Yeah. And frankly, 
even Tristan would would have to think long and hard. He would really struggle to put a couple of arrows in a defenseless woman. Yeah. Even one who was um, not quite able to beg for death, but was clearly there. Yeah, no, that's okay. Kale and um, Kale can take care of that. Yeah, Kale will lose no sleep over whatsoever. Well, um, um a Kale would do it for anyone who was in this kind of state and wanted to be dead this badly. Yeah. And B, he sheds absolutely no tears for Niska. Well. Honestly, he feels kind of bad for even Niska that she's in this state. It, it's kind of horrific, but he still doesn't feel very... He, he feels bad about putting her in this position because he was trying to cleanly kill her, but... So what Niska tells you, um, I don't know that I expressed this point clearly, but this has not been a long-term thing. This has not been since she has dead. Oh, that's has comforting. Been dead. This has been a month or two at most. Cool. So since I gave Titania a hard time. Um, since... Um, it is before you took out Erevetti, but not long before that. This is basically um, Titania making her plans for, it looks like Kaelin is going to win this war, at right. which point we will have peace. I need to start practicing my... We need test to, this. Yeah. Um, and Tristan, looking quite white, says, well, that, thank you for doing that. I'm, I'm not sure I could have, and it's clearly what she wanted. I. That was horrifying. I. And Kellen will glance around the nice um, garden and, and says, You know what? I don't want to stay here. Let's go up the road a little ways. Sure. <laughs> walk randomly up the road. Yep. And then Kellen will sit down hard. Yeah, again, when you walk up the road, as soon as you are vaguely out of sight of the house, it just disappears and it rolls yeah. behind you, so it's easy to get away from Yeah, okay, Kaelin will patch one of the fey trees in a vaguely affectionate fashion. Yeah. Tristan will get out some candy and start eating it as he sits down next to you. It, uh... I should have just burned the body the last time I killed her instead of giving her to Titania. It almost certainly wouldn't be that bad for everyone else. I doubt the people of Littleton feel like that. No, no, that was the yeah, that was her own. Uh, there's someone who has capacity for happiness is compelled to feel happiness. That maybe I think it'd be creepy if it was done to someone like Brun who wants freedom more than anything. But I think the majority of people just would be happy, and it would be all right. I think it might. It might be uncomfortable if you talk them for a long enough time, but she was trying to do the right thing. It's Even someone like Bryn, she couldn't fight anymore, but she'd still be able to hunt, I would think. Roam the woods, all that sort of thing. But the wrong is still there, it's just more visible when it's Niska. This is Niska's... that was Niska's dream, I suppose, in a way. To be away from all men, be away from everyone else that she blamed for all the wrongs in her life. It's no surprise that she couldn't cope with it, but... Then she realised what her own company was like. I, I don't think, um, I don't think there's any, I don't think there was any way for her to be happy. With no one to blame and no one to hate. I wasn't a lot left, I, but you could see that she, I suspect, um, Titania wanted her to learn something from the experience, which, if it had worked, wouldn't have been so bad in and of itself. But you could see she was too far gone to learn anything from the experience. 
I... If it had been me on the throne, I'd have taken a deal and we'd be in a bottle right now. I... I know. I don't know. I hope it wouldn't have been like that. That that was an early experiment, an aberration because of Niska, but there are people out there who are full of hate. Not too many like her in the world, thankfully, but at least a few. Would that be their lives inside the bottle? Being forced to love thy neighbour. It may be that over time, someone who wasn't quite as far gone as Niska would adjust to it better than that. She is the most hateful woman we've ever met. I don't think that, as you say, I don't think there are too many like Aiko. There's probably a few who have never known any real happiness in the world out there in the kingdom who'd be much happier inside a bottle. It's, uh, choosing for other people, you can't get it right all the time. Look at what um, my choice brought Nesca to there. If, um, if you'd uh, taken her offer, everyone would have been happy and safe for a long time, and then something would have changed, someone would have come in and broken them out, and people would discover that time had moved on, and things happen. We can only do the best that we can do. There are some things on which you and I are just never going to see eye to eye, and this... And Kaelin gestures around at the trees and the sky and the time not passing and the like. It's natural for you. It, it's different. It's just different is all. I'm as much taking um, you away from your birthright by fighting Titania unless as you would be taking me away from mine were you ruling and saying this is what we want. Yes. You can't make the right decision for everyone all the time. It's just It's just not possible. I see we we can't take people's choice away like that. Not like that. She was peaceful, but she wasn't happy at all. Nay, it's uh, it was pretty bad for her. I think um, there are some people for whom death is a mercy. I thought peace and happiness would have been the same thing, but not for everyone. I, I. It's not your fault. You, you couldn't have possibly predicted what would have happened to her. And everything I know about resurrection magic, even that of the, even reincarnations which are more of the land than of the divine, are, um, even, even Titania couldn't have called her back if she didn't want to come. Ah, uh, she wanted another chance to come back and get her revenge, and Titania's power is enough like Garona's that she thought it was someone who could conceivably help her. Which was true if Titania had chosen to use her against me, which is what I thought she was doing. Honestly, I might have been more comfortable with that, but... I'm Yes, I'm sure you'd have far rather uh, fought her in another battle against Garona's, against Garona's hexes being hurled through her. That's what I was expecting to do, yeah. Alright, I tell you what. What about... We've had a few battles today and seen some nasty things. What about um, we retrace our steps back to that nice um, waterfall and um, have a rest and um, check in on the little pixies, check they're all made at home, and 
deal with whatever else this place has to hold and the and Kale looks up ruefully at the sky. Morning. Morning. Can do. <laughs> you are you are not feeling all that physically tired at this no. point, but if you're um, emotionally shattered, I can yeah. understand that. Yeah, I think Kaelin is all done. You know, like the girl, the girl hands on sticks, and then the creepy Niska thing has pretty much used him out of emotional energy. And there's no reason we can't just wait here for a time until you know. The, well, for that matter, there's no reason we can't rest early. Correct. So yeah, we, we we want to go camp at the Pixie Waterfall because of the places I've seen, the Pixie Waterfall is the only one I want to camp at. So question, can we retrace our steps? Yes. Cool. So When, when you attempt to do so, um, you realise it is not quite the same thing as just doing it in reverse. There's a bit of experimentation involved. Yeah. Um, but yes, more or less, you can trace your steps. Yeah. So, um, I want to go see the Pixies, because, um, Kaelin is feeling the need of, you know, Pixies. Yep. yep. <laughs> and you return to the beautiful waterfall, the water passing through Nerissa's stone hands, and... He's back! Big sailor! Big sailor! Best sailor! Best sailor! No! <laughs> Saviour! You helped them! You freed them! They're back by this point. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I thought that might uh, happen. Because they've more or less come from A to B through the yeah. intervening woods. You freed them. Did you get rid of the, what happened to the bad old troll? Is he coming back for more? No, he's dead. Well, the other pixie, uh, I, the other pixie saw the body. Martin said, but he's a notorious liar. <laughs> and Kale's all bending over and just start laughing. <laughs> You have freed us from troll tyranny. All hail! Let, let, us, let, him be, let the troll slayer be known by his mighty title, Best Sailor! <laughs> and Kale lies down on the floor, lies down on the bank and just laughs and laughs and laughs. So there, there must have been, um, just on the Niska thing, there must have been some interesting roundabouts and restrictions on her behaviour because she still made a magic thing that hurt the pixies. Yeah. Albeit in a very indirect fashion. Yeah, yeah. So it's probably something in the neighbourhood of, you know, she made a helpful gift for her lovely neighbour, the misbegotten troll. Yeah. Who could then hurt people with it all he liked. Yeah. But she- it does, um, I thought it was weird that people in, um, that, um, someone, one of Titania's soldiers was preying on her citizens. But, um, it makes sense if he was doing it with a Niska present that he wasn't supposed to have. So it's it's probably something in the ilk of a matter of perception, as long yeah. as she can force herself to think that what she's doing is making a lovely present for her neighbour. That That's presumably enjoy, why she called it a necklace of lovelies. Then um, she can give it to the troll, who can then do bad things with it. Yeah. But she can't remotely do anything like attack Kaelin. Yeah. Or really even do anything like, I'm going to go and tell the misbegotten troll that Kaelin is here, so the misbegotten troll will stab her. Yeah. Because as soon as my intentions aren't peaceful, yeah. then it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. I presume Niska doesn't um, produce an item because she's not a fae creature. She is not a creature of the fable. Yeah. She is a, um, well, she is no longer a human being. She is an elf now, technically speaking. Yeah. But no, she is just a, she is purely mortal. Yeah. 
But and because she's purely mortal, she is now dead this yep. time for real. Yep, and back to Garona's hell she goes. Yep. Where she will be very happy backbiting for eternity with the other bitches. Yeah, I don't think she'll be happy there either, but, you know... No. I, I imagine that no one in Guy Rona's, um afterlife is happy because it must be an incredibly unpleasant place. Yeah. But they've all got someone else they can blame for their problems. Yeah, that, that she'll be... Uh, she, it's all the fault of that bitch next door. Yeah, she'll she'll be back to the place where... Yeah, yeah. It's um definitely... um uh, That was right out of The Great Divorce. The, um, it's the um, the nagging wife. She's, she's um, you know, explaining how she helped her husband through his entire life, and this is this really disturbing catalogue. And then she says, "Is no one down there? I've got no one to do things to. You must give me someone to do things to." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that looked like it hit the right note based on the look on your face. <laughs> yeah. And Caitlin, I'm so sorry for upsetting and insulting you, Caitlin. Oh, that was horrifying. All right, so um. Kaelin hangs out with some nice pixies he's until Tristram's recovered his spells and Kaelin's psychic trauma has ebbed somewhat. Yep. <laughs> so can we effectively have a night's rest at this point? Yes, so what happens is you have kind of a weird sensation here. Um, you and Tristan more or less have the same sort of evening. You have trouble going to sleep because... It isn't quite dark enough and time feels wrong and you don't feel all that sleepy, so it's very much you've got to muck around for a while and try and force yourself to sleep. It's not yeah. a natural process. You don't yeah. just climb in your sleeping bag and out you go. Um, when you do sleep, you wake up and it is still the same moment in twilight. Yeah. And nothing has changed about you. Usually the guy experiences you get up, you've got stubble, you need yeah. to shave. Kalen does not. He is just as clean shaven as when he came in here. Yeah. Or not. I'm not sure if Kalen's a stubble guy to start with. I hadn't I don't really see seen a, I don't see a beard. No, I don't think so. I imagine Kalen would have stubble and he would shave. Yeah. Because he's got kind of, his hair is in a long, is kind of in a long black, he's got his hair in a single ponytail because yeah. he's got kind of long black hair. He kind of has like, he only brushes it every so often, so what he's got is like long, fairly gnarly black hair, yeah. and he ties it up. And when like he's got a formal audience or something, he brushes it first, then he ties it up because that's him being fancy. <laughs> and when you wake up, um, you are feeling a bit hungry. You know, like like breakfast is a, is a bit overdue. Yeah, but that's that's about it. You are certainly not starving. Yeah. Um, and you have no sensation. You have the odd sensation of having no real sensation of being asleep. You might have. You've probably run into this a couple of times in your real life. You're just kind of sitting there, and then you open your eyes. And what's what's disturbing here is because the day doesn't change. You don't have any sensation of falling asleep. You're just awake. Then at some point you're out. You don't remember dreaming at all. You don't wake up in the middle of the night, um, except I imagine you're keeping watches here because it says a vaguely hostile environment. Um, And Tristan says, you know, like, we'll stand and watch for you. And Tristan sort of 
Uh, no, they don't have the attention span. Yeah, yeah, no, no. That, you know, their intentions are good and pure, but yeah. that won't help us if a troll eats us in the middle of the night. Yeah, so yeah, we, we'll stand watches, which I imagine is much easier than usual, because it, it's the going, it's actually the guy trying to go to sleep that's having the trouble. Yeah. Um, so, you have a complete lack of dreams here. Um... Which probably has something to do with the fact that you've cacked the Nightmare Rock. Yeah. Otherwise, this might be a good bit harder to yeah. sleep and rest in here. Yeah. Um, Tristan gets up in the morning and says, well, let's see what happens. Sits down and sort of strums his, strums his lyre a bit for his spells and then looks up a moment later and says, all right, well, that's all I needed. And he draws his energy from the first world instantly. He does oh, yeah. not need his mighty 15 minutes spell, spell prep time. Uh, yeah. He needs his night's rest and then he's done. Cool. Kaelin gets back um, a, a plentiful supply of hit points and is back at full. He doesn't think it would work this way if he was um, a different person. Yeah. Yeah, he might have more trouble preparing his spells, but given he draws his energy from the first world, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, first world, I'm, I'm standing in it. And his spell duration, actually, that's how you know that time has passed, because at some point, um, like Tristan has, say, let's say Tristan has first watch. Yeah. Oh, sorry, you have first watch, Tristan has second. Yeah. So Tristan goes to sleep, you wake him up, your sensation is you go and lie on your bed, you're just lying there in the bedroll waiting waiting, waiting, looking up at the twilight. You blink once, you look up at the twilight, and the magical horses that were here have vanished into thin air. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the only sense that, that's the only real thing you have to notice that time has moved, Tristan yeah. is somewhere else, the magic horses are gone. You feel very slightly less less tired, not that you were all that tired to start with it. Yeah. And that was several hours of rest. Cool. And, um, we, um, you know, had breakfast with the pixies. Yep. I, I don't want to use up 100% of my fave food, but we put aside little portions of the stuff yeah. we are eating for the pixies. You're not, it's, it's not very hard. Yeah. And, um, then, um, say goodbye to the pixies and, um, retrace our steps back through the, um, various places from there. So yep. that was Troll there, um... Forgotten Time House, Scary Niska House, which we go through very quickly without stopping. Yep, Tristan and will take 20 minutes before you start and cast his Phantom Steeds again. Yep, to speed us up through the various routes, and then um, on to whatever Zadika said we should do from the Niska House. Yep. Or whatever was here before, because the Niska House presumably wasn't here when he did that. Yep, so you follow Zadika's bizarre directions. Yep. you out somewhere else. I figure you probably want me to head towards a conclusion at this point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just figured it'd be more dramatic than sleep. We sleep at a peaceful pixie waterfall. Yep. So, you head out, and the path this time winds, weaves through the trees, and 
takes you out to woods, of all things, a brick wall. Huh. A fairly high one. It's sort of 30-odd foot high, towers over your head, um, but with a nice open area with just a simple, fairly solid but simple wooden gate that you can trivially open and walk into. And within here, it looks like almost an orchard of some kind. There are plants everywhere all over the floor, not fruiting trees, but it looks somewhere between sort of an orchard and nursery. Um, there are a lot of sort of mushroom-style plants growing out of the ground that have bulbs of strange green, like neon-neon glowy green, bright fruits dangling off them that are sort of twitching around as if there is a wind blowing through here that you cannot feel. Is this... Does this look familiar? Does this look like the mushroom village I went to when I first fell into no, the first it, world? No, it doesn't look familiar to you okay. in the slightest. It doesn't resemble any of the blooms that you found. Um, and it doesn't... Um, look like that It first. doesn't look like that chunk of first... Because that was in the first world, this is in the fable. Right, so it's a diff- it is a different area. Okay, that's right. So, yep, so mushroom village. Tristan says, huh. Interesting. No obvious houses, um, living things, or anything like that there. Yeah. And he says, well, I wonder what this this orchard could be. Well, let's have a poke around. Let me have a look-see and roll another 20 on my knowledge nature, giving me, God help me, 48. Yep. And he says, oh, fascinating. Um, that... Well, that's quite remarkable. Oh, uh, whatever you do, don't step forward under any circumstances whatsoever. Keep the horses back. Kellen will stop, stop rigidly, suddenly stop like he's walked into a wall and um, hold on to the horses. He sort of goes down, goes towards one of the fruits, puts a finger up to it, thinks the better of tapping on it, and just very gently gives the slightest little and blows on it, barely a breath worth. And the fruit rocks very slightly. And as soon as it is touched by Tristan's breath, it starts to make a tiny little sound that almost hurts your ears a little. It's just quite high and shrill. He says, oh, they're mandragoras. Hundreds of them. Thousands of them, probably. Uh, Assume I don't know what that is. Oh, uh... It's a form of extremely crudely sentient plant creature. Uh, they're screeches, you see. They, they produce a loud, high-pitched sound that causes people to bleed their brains out of their ears. Oh, lovely. Uh, they don't intend us any harm. They're just plants, but that doesn't mean they're not dangerous. So, is there anything else here, do you reckon, or is it just them? I think this is what we see. Like, you can sort of see the other side of the glade. There's yeah. a brick wall going all the way around, another little wooden gate at the other side. Can we get through here some other way and fly the horses over it? We can certainly try. And he gets on his horse, gallops it up, and gets about yay far off the ground. He is technically flying... But that's about that's about all you can say. Does the 
Does the Zodicus picnic map say we have to go through here? Let me look. Walk carefully with ears with ears covered and simply cross the orchard. Great. Oh, just just marvelous. Alright. So uh, uh, um, if we touch any of these, they're going to explode. Uh, just with with a shrieking noise that will harm us. Hypothetically Say we backed up about 60 feet to pick a distance purely at random, and then I hurled a giant fireball into this general vicinity, and then we blocked areas. Well, that would undoubtedly solve several of the problems, but keep in mind these are plant creatures. They're alive. They'll doubtlessly take it poorly. Ah, so all their little plant friends would um, feel the need to enact bloody vengeance upon us. Yes, what, All right. What would you do if somebody threw a fireball at, fireball at the dinner table? So, we need to get all th- four of us through here without touching any plants. Okay, so there are, this is a field of mandragoras, which yep. you as player know full well what they are. Um, they're mandrakes, right? They're mandrakes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mandrakes, mandragoras, same, yeah. same thing. They're yeah. exactly the same doofleties from Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Um, and Tristan says they're absolutely living plant creatures. Um, he would prefer not to kill them, but doesn't have any strong compunctions about it. Yeah. Um, it's it's vaguely like killing wolves that are menacing you. Yeah. You know, or killing a bear that's in your way. Like, yeah. He, he would prefer not to, but he won't lose any real sleep over it. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, um, there are many ways in which you can kill plants, because among other things you have blight, which will do horrific amounts of damage to this. Yeah. Um, but then you'll get some mighty fucked off plants. Yeah. So, um, you've got a couple of options here. Flying over the things doesn't seem to work. Yeah. You can try some other method of crossing here. Yeah, if I had Bruno, I'd try Dimension Dory. Um, you can try, um, Tristan can tell you mostly uselessly to you that if you can make it dark, then the mandragoras won't explode, but I don't know that you have any method of doing that. I don't have, like, darkness spells. Nor, nor does he. Yeah. Um, but they are vulnerable to darkness. If you can get them entirely in darkness, then they won't explode. Yeah. Um, so effectively, it's it's a combat encounter that you can avoid, or it's a combat encounter that you can start by hucking fireballs and blights into there. Um, or you can try and pick your way across using your amazing um, acrobatics skills. And sort of treading on two or three of them is going to be your problem. They're going to explode and you're going to bleed from the ears. Deliberately mass fireballing large quantities is going to piss off the rest of them, and then you're going to get a fight. Yeah. Um... So here's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um... I have in my bag, which I have carried for nearly the entire campaign, yep. a feather tree token. Yep. It will grow a full-size tree. Yes. If I toss it into the middle of the field and grow a full-size tree, sure. can I tie a rope to that tree and swing across the Mandragora field? In theory, sure. Uh, you will doubtlessly pop several of them when you create the tree, but yep. that's not a big problem. Yeah. Um, I'm because a- you'll be standing back here. Yeah, I may need to heft it in. 
And because I'm only killing one or two of them, I'm presuming that in the same way that if I treat all of them, the rest won't wreak bloody vengeance. Yeah, there there are thousands here. What you effectively be looking at is a swarm rather than a um, rather than thousands of tiny little creatures. Yeah. Um, But effectively, Tristan says, you know, it's it's kind of the distinction between if you look at something like a blueberry bush, if you crush a couple of blueberries, the bush is still fine. If you set the bush on fire, you have more or less destroyed it. It, it kind of sounds more like a beehive. Yeah, actually. Like, if you kill a couple, if you of, kill a couple of bees, it's fine. The beehive if you, doesn't if care. You if you start setting, setting the beehive on fire, fire, all the bees will come and kill you. That's a very good analogy. Well yeah. done, you. Um, yes, this this sounds like a plan that is at least theoretically doable to you. Yeah. It sounds like an overcomplicated magical solution. It, it does sound like an overcomplicated solution. And a use for my feather tree token, which I have carried for the entire game on the belief that sooner or later a tree would come in handy. Do you want to go through with this? It shouldn't, it, it will either, um, it shouldn't take awesomely long to resolve. If it becomes a combat encounter, I want to stop, but if we can pull Yeah, off... although it shouldn't, because you're doing it in the non-combative method. But... Yeah. The risk here is that you will get hurt with a bunch of sonic damage. Yeah. As opposed to um, anything else. Yeah, so um, yeah, So basically what Kalen's looking for is he wants to heft the feather tree token in and then, like, do some kind of a less... tie a rock to a ro- rope and do some kind of a lasso thing to get him a rope into the tree and then effectively kind of construct a rope bridge up and a rope bridge down so that people can come and I go mean, beforehand. You've got rope. Have you got, like, a grappling hook? Uh, I don't think that I do have a grappling hook. What I do have is 200 foot of rope. Yeah, so I can set this up and leave it without running out of rope. Amply enough for your purpose. But, but I don't personally have a grappling hook. Uh, Tristan has a grappling hook. Well, that's thoughtful of it. And also some more rope to add to your pile. Yeah, that, that, a grappling hook is what I need. If I can... And a feather token whip, which is probably less Because if I can get into the tree, I think I can do rope bridges to both sides with a lot of strength and a lot of rope. And yeah, effectively you've, you've got the brick wall here as well. Yeah, so I can effectively tie a rope that we can climb along and then tie a rope that we can climb along and we can have a permanent... And because the tree will just grow indefinitely, we can have a permanent Magragora bridge because, like, we might need to retrace our steps a few times. Yep, makes good sense. So do you want some kind of, like, climb check or and some kind of taking possibly taking sonic damage? So what I want first is... Uh, what can you do with this token? Blah, blah, blah. Each token is one bloody gap. Okay. I'm going to require a couple of rolls for this. Sure, I'm uh, crossing off the token on the basis that one yeah. way or another I don't have that anymore. So this is a ranged attack roll, your yep. dexterity plus your base attack. Yep. Um, which is very much Kalen grabs the token and you want to fling it into the right place in the field yeah. because you want it about halfway. It's yeah, no good absolutely. if it's on the other side. And if it bounces off the thing and tips out of yeah. the... So the better you do with that, the easier this will be. Cool. Thirty. Cool. Like, this is not anything hard for you. You're used yeah. to aiming. Yeah. Not quite used to throwing coins, but... But, <laughs> but I throw fireball beads all the yeah, time. Yeah, true. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> A tree grows out from it. Yeah. Um, now, 
and grows to a height that is nowhere near the 60 feet that you are expecting. It is nowhere near as big as the gigantic trees around. It still looks like a solid tree. It just doesn't go anywhere near as tall as you, as you would think. Like there's basically a, a uh, barrier uh, over the top of this. Yeah. The tree only goes so high. However, you've got it right in the middle. You take Kristen's grapple, tie it to the rope, throw the rope at the tree, and now you need to give me another ranged attack roll. Yep. Alright. That one wasn't as good. Um, so... Oh, no, it was actually pretty good. Uh, that's a 21. Okay. And you hit the tree. Funk. The grapple wraps around one of its branches. Yank, yank. Yep. Okay, you've got it tight. And at this point, you've effectively got to get up the wall and like tie it to yep. something or tie it to the gate or something in that neighborhood. Yeah. Tristan is looking at this and pretty much thinking, I think we're going to need to abandon the horses. I, I, I figured you could summon us new ones on the other side. I can. I know it uses up more of your spells, but, uh, you know... Going forward, we'll be able to pace the journey on the basis that we can get this far with the horses, and then we'll need to generate new horses on the other side. Yes, um, it does. It does. The advantage of your horses is that you can unsummon them and resummon them on the other side, the, um, which won't work so well if we're trying to bring wind chasers through here, which is worth bearing in mind. Yes, indeed. Um, so you. Uh, your climb is decent, isn't it? So you're gonna have no real trouble with a basic brick wall. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got I've got plus eight in play mail. Yeah, um, plus twelve if I take it off. Uh, you do. You will either have to take your mail off or actually roll for this. No, I'll take the mail off. It's I don't really like climb. Tra- I don't normally climb trees in play mail. The problem is not so much climbing up the brick wall, which is fairly doable. It's that if you slip and fall off on a mandragora, then you have a problem. Yeah. And incidentally, when you create the tree, there is a pop, 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 pop. Several of the yeah. fruits burst, and you hear this sort of <laughs> wailing noise. Ow. Yeah, we, we, at this distance it just stings. Yeah, it's like the world's most annoying baby. Yeah, um, and so you sling the grappling hook across. You climb up. You tie the rope taunt. Okay, cool. Now I need to like get throw across. the grappling. Throw another grappling hook at the other side from the tr- fr- while balancing yeah. on a tree branch. So first of all. You go across and you immediately realize that you cannot stand up on this, on this rope. Yeah. Not that you necessarily want to anyway. Yeah. Because you're probably better at climbing it. But in theory, you could climb the rope or you could balance it. Yeah. Here, balancing it is actually much harder because yeah. when you try and stand up, you feel like the rope is bending down. There's very much an invisible sky above you. Yeah. That is pushing down on you. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm going to climb under the lid. Yeah, yeah. Kellen would much rather climb anyway. His balance is not super great. And at this point, you are actually dangling down towards the mandragoras again. And some of the high ones are growing up towards you and just shaking slightly. So you need to give me a climb check. Not so much to make it from point A to point B on the rope, so much as to not hit mandragoras on the rope. Yep. Uh, and Tristan, I presume, is largely just leaving you to this? Yeah, that's an 18. Yeah, I, I kind of figured I'd be better at this. I Absolutely. Know. He's yeah. shit at this. Yeah. 
I figured what what he can do is once I make the rope bridge, he can climb along the rope bridge. Tristan has an amazing plus one to climb, and Bryn can surmount this obstacle trivially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we had Bryn, we'd just mention door over the other side. So climb, sorry? Uh, 18. Uh, No, sorry, um, more. 20, 22. Okay, so you get to the other side without overly disturbing the Mandragoras. Um, And at that, you take four points of damage as something beneath you pops. There's a shrill sound of sonic damage, and you go, ow. Yeah. If you happen to be... It is sonic damage, so if you happen to be resistant. I am definitely not resistant to sonic damage. Um, You get onto the tree. Yep. And then try and stand on the branch... And at this point, can you give me a balance check? Oh, God. All right, well, at least I'm not wearing my armor. Oh, that was a good time to roll well. All right. Um, so that's a 20. Okay, no problem. I'm super glad I put a point in balance at last level. Throw the rope, this time sort of turning into a lasso yeah. because you've only got the one grappling hook. Yeah. Um, pull it tight. Okay. This one you haven't done as good a job on. Um, in terms of roping it, because you haven't got the second grappling hook, you're yeah. kind of throwing it over a chunk of the gate, yeah. pulling it as tight as you can and hoping that holds. Yeah. You tie it to the tree, yeah. and then is your plan to climb across to the other side? Yeah, climb across to the other side, and then I'll secure it properly, and Makes then sense. I'll and then Tristram can go, okay. and then going forward, we'll just leave this in place. So give me another climb check here. Yep. Ooh... I don't know that I like that. Um, well, let me add it up first, but that's a 13. Okay. If that involves me falling off and hitting the Mandragoras, I'm going to re-roll it. If it just involves me taking a bunch of sonic damage, I'm just going to take it. Uh, at this point, um, as you get... You bang two or three of them as you go. Yeah. They explode beneath you. Um, and then you get far enough. Then as you're getting towards the end, the knot on the rope begins to slip and give way. And at that, you are going to go down right at the edge of the field and land in a big Kalen angel. That's not going to set them off, however, um, as in they're not going to jump up and start trying to kill you. You're merely going to get a big explosion of sonic damage. I'll take a big explosion of sonic damage. Okay, so Kalen realizes that the rope is going, and if you don't let go immediately and try and land as gracefully as you can, you're going to swing back into the tree yep. and be stuck halfway there while exploding a bunch of mandragoras. Yep, so I let go so of So instead rope. you let go and try and pull yourself into as little a ball yep. as you can for as little impact as you possibly can. Yeah. And that is a reflex save. Okay. Uh, 19. Okay. And then Kalen's instincts take over, and you always take a back bump flat. You yeah. put your arms out, and you bump on your back, because yeah. that's how you fall in a fighting arena. Yeah. And so you fall and make a Kalen angel in the magic chorus. <laughs> yeah. And there is this unsettling shrinks, string of shrieks that all now form into one horrible voice. Yeah. And then I go like this. <laughs> like a gargantuan baby screaming in your ears. Yeah. <laughs> And I take a bunch more sonic damage. <coughs> you take a bunch more sonic damage. Uh, 
specifically, oh god, this is loud, and you feel like your brain is shaking, and you, there is blood now coming out of your ears, because mm-hmm. that's the classic brain injury sign. Yeah. In fairly large quantities, can you take 45 points of sonic damage? Oh, yes, yes I can. So that's uh, 49 total. Can't remember the original football. Uh, and then can you give me a will save as well? Ducky, hold up. Yep, and Kill looks hurt. And uh, gets a 24 on the will save. Cool, you black out. Kill! Um, the good news here, however... Is that because of the way you were doing this, you are already on your back, so you cannot fall over into more Madrigoras again. Yeah. Um, what happens is you recognize you've blacked out because the shrieking shrill stops, and when yeah. your eyes open, it's quiet again. Yeah. Okay. Now, very carefully, yeah. I need to roll over and take the last, get up and take the last couple of steps out of here. Yeah. Can you give me a balance check again? Yep. That would be a uh, ten. That is fine. Sweet. That is quite adequate to you sort of gently come over, just put one hand here on the one that's already squished, yeah. one hand here, and then quietly step up. Oh, God, I'm on the other side. Yeah, so I'm, I presume I still have the end of the rope? Very much so. Cool, so I am now, once I, so I'm gently carrying the end of the rope, yep. and then I'm going to secure it to the brickwork. Oh, for a used rope check. And um, then I'm going to um, lean heavily on the br- outside of the brickwork. I'm okay. Kellen's voice lacks conviction. And obviously there is no one here, because nobody has reacted to that yeah, high, yeah. shrill screaming. I'm okay. That didn't look like a lot of fun. I cleared you a landing zone. That's, uh, that's very kind of you. <laughs> Come over whenever you're ready, I'll be here. And Galen sits down against the outside of the brickwork. I wish I knew hallucinatory terrain so I could just make it dark and solve this problem, but nothing I have is going to help me here. Mm-hmm. All right, okay, Tristan. The only thing Tristan can do is start throwing sound bursts into it. Yeah, Tristan can um, make his climb check now. Okay, Whew. no problem. On a rope, I can do this. Yeah. Climbs up, tries to balance on the top because he's actually much better at that. Yeah. So I'm going to need muscles for this, <laughs> and tries to shimmy under. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did he fail that? No. He, he rolled down his fifth natural 20 for the evening. Good for him. Um, and he climbs halfway across, no problem. Yeah. Not setting off the slightest mandragora. Yep. Because even with his one rank and only a single point in climb, yep. he has one strength and no ranks. He yep. makes it. Yep. Then he tries to climb across the other side. And this time... He just implants. Yeah. He goes to grab the rope. He goes, shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. Misses with a hand. Whoa! Drops off the rope entirely. Fucks yeah. his climb check utterly. Yeah. And falls with a splat into the mandragoras. Oh, great. Uh, 
elegantly tucking himself into a ball with his superior reflexes. Yeah. Uh, is this an area effect? No, alas, he cannot use evasion on this. Yeah. He has this ring of evasion. Because if he's going to... Is it worth him re-rolling? Because if he's going to land in the middle of the Mandragora field, he's going to be stuck trying to get out of the middle of the Mandragora field? Yeah, but then he can balance his way out. Okay, all right. Which he's got 12 more points than he does. Okay, all right. He can just take a Mandragora hit. Um, Presumably. I mean, he made his reflex save, didn't he? So it won't take as much as Cam, who lands in a, like, who lands is only a six foot half orc, orc can. Okay, so Tristan takes 22 points of sonic damage. Yep. Does he black out? He does not black out. Yep. These are his good saves. Yep. And he gets up. Oh! Mm, wipes the blood away from his ears. Um, thinks for a moment with his superior intelligence. Rummages around his pack, takes a bit of cloth and stuffs it in his ears in case he buggers it again to get more yeah. bonuses on the saves. Yeah. And then he will, okay, careful now, careful, and steps through trying to use his fade race to balance across. <laughs> Uh, and gets a 20 on his balance check. Mm-hmm. Whereupon he will basically put a single knee into one. It pops and deals him five damage. Yeah. And then he crosses across the other side. Whew. Alright, that, that was a thing that happened. Yep. And now we've got the bridge there. Although honestly, maybe you should just tiptoe through the field. Because that looks great. That looks great. I personally am going to climb over that, that nice rope bridge I have made. I, I think maybe we just don't go back again. <laughs> or we leave by an alternate exit and holds up the other uh, one. Uh, and then uh, we, go, we just keep going until we've killed the next thing on our list. And then you get us out of here and then we come back in with um, somebody else and go, and go straight to Titania's house and bypass this thing. But I'm leaving the ropes here. <laughs> so on your map you have just been through that one with the red wall around yep. it, the beautiful orchard. Yep. Um, I haven't been ticking these off. No, like, I'm just pointing at you. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 because I can't show you its glade number E on the map. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no the, um, I'm pretty confident I've been finding which ones these are yeah, yeah. from your okay. description. Okay, that's fine. It means I'm doing a good job describing things. Yeah, and you, we've been to the pixie one, the troll house, now the Mandragora fields. You make it to the way. other side of the fruiting orchard. Is this Niska's cat? Is this Niska's creepy hut? No, that's the one at the very top of the map. Oh, sorry, Niska's hut. Yeah. Is, um, Deedly deedly bop. Um, number H on my map. Uh, that would be the one below the troll house. Oh, there's right, so that's... Look, there's a white-looking house up there. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, that's that house. All right, yeah. So we haven't been to this creepy tentacle lake. This thing, the nightmare... Yeah, one the tentacle lake, the um, icy-looking thing. Or the nightmare rock. Or the nightmare rock. rock's perch. Yeah. Okay, but you have made it across the fruiting orchards. Yes. Do you want to see where you end up next, or just leave it there? I think just leave it there. Cool. The drama can be we stagger yep. off bleeding you stagger from the ears. off bleeding from the ears, deep within the fable at this point. Yeah. Dum, dum, dum. 